This week on Fair of the Free Child podcast. What are some ideas on how the SDE movement or unschooling movement or what things could they do to be way better at amplifying teen voices? Mm. <laughs> Listening a lot more. Yeah. And then actually saying what we think instead of like saying a version of what we think and putting their own words to it would be nice. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. One common gripe among a lot of us in unschooling and other forms of self-directed education is the lack of amplified voice of the young people themselves. A lot of us as adults, we get together, we do workshops, we do Facebook groups, we have all these ways of getting together to talk about the problems, the solutions, all the wonderful things and the tough things when you make the decision to raise free people. But what we don't often do is get together with our young people, particularly the young people who are willing to be vocal about what their concerns are, what their needs are, what's working and not working in self-directed education. We don't do a lot of that. And I think that's why the workshops that Marley and I have been doing and talks have just been like trickling, but still increasing in popularity, for lack of a better term. More and more people are trying to figure out in communities where money isn't a big resource. People are trying to figure out how to make that happen. To bring Marley and I over, we recently did a, a virtual training, as I talked about on here, Raising Free People Workshop 2019, which went really well. I'll put the link to the audio replays of that here on the show notes page for this episode. But the reason why I think that's becoming more and more appealing to people is that when you can hear a young person talking about their experience and the context of their experience, the movement that their experience is rooted in for unschoolers, it disarms you in a way that causes you to listen and to process very differently than if another adult is talking to you. Not always, not every adult, not every child, but oftentimes. That's what I recognized by working with Marley so much over the past year and a half, like working with her in public spaces. Beautifully, the way that it reaches an adult when they hear it from her is very different. She comes with her own rich wealth of experience and language and understanding. And that is one that resonates for a lot of people. And I've noticed it with adults. And so this episode is one of the ways that I intend to be a lot more diligent about including and amplifying the voices of young people in this movement. So this episode will be Marley, Nala, and Timo, three teens who are not only involved in self-directed education as unschoolers, but they have been part of Agile Learning Centers. Marley was part of Heartwood Agile Learning Center for a year, and is still very much part of that community, particularly with the facilitators. And Nala and Timo were both at, well, Timo's still there, NYC ALC, so an Agile Learning Center in New York. And I'll put the links to both of those spaces on the show notes page as well. That page, by the way, raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 143. So those links and any other relevant ones will be on the show notes page. And I invite you to really listen 
as they share some insights. You'll hear them ask a question in most cases first, and then they'll answer the question. Really good conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. Well, there are about three parents out of 20 participants, so I can't easily find a general pattern. But I will say that the parents we had this time didn't really have the usual struggles. Oftentimes, skeptical parents show up with concerns about kids learning basic subjects, playing video games all day, that kind of thing, and the need to argue for a long time in order to get the model. But either nobody like that came this time, or we just did a good job of setting a context so that people like that open up rather than feeling the need to argue. What surprised me during my training sessions? Well, for one, I felt pleasantly surprised by how easy and forgiving it was to speak in front of this crowd. I don't know exactly what I expected, but in my mind it was going to be a very time-pressured thing. It was going to be easy to lose the crowd's attention, but as it turned out, the people were not at all quick to lose focus. I think that that probably comes from the fact that this was a training with adults rather than what I'm used to, which is meetings with mostly kids in them. What do I find encouraging about the training? I feel encouraged because I think next training is going to be a lot easier. Now that I have more confidence with the speaking parts, I can not only do a better job with them, but I can also switch from spending my attention on feeling nervous, spending it on the other people in the training. I also kind of feel like this training was really the practice run. The next one is going to be the fun one, since now that I know what it's like to facilitate a training, I actually have a frame of reference for experimenting and trying new things. What area do I think the adults leaving the training still have a lot of work to do in? That entirely depends on the individual adult. But if I had to pick something that applies to most of them, then maybe it's like responding to questions asked by skeptical parents, or maybe actually working with kids and dealing with releasing expectations that they've carried over. Depends. What types of conversations or topics did you facilitate during ALF summer? If you did it more than one year, please speak to as many of the workshops slash themes as you can recall. So for me, I did ALF summer in North Carolina. I was a facilitator of mostly race-related topics, like dealing with BIPOC and microaggressions as it pertains to being in an SDE space. I was actually pretty relaxed in terms of facilitating things this year, but I did attend a lot of things and my perspective was all over the place. So for me, I attended the training in California last year and this year. I facilitated then with parents about how to support your kids going through the self-directed education de-schooling process. And I also facilitated this summer in New York with other co-facilitators, different talks about race, gender, and just different things, how to like interact with your kid during 
the de-schooling process and how to make your kid and you feel comfortable at the same time. What, if anything, either surprised or frustrated you about any of the sessions? If you could be specific while not saying people's names, do you want to go first? Sure. In my times at facilitating, I was surprisingly with a group of people who understood and were already in the self-directed education world and realm, so understood a lot more. The surprising thing was just how many people were as accepting as they were, because in most cases when I meet people, they're not as accepting and have so much more downsides to this than most who are already in the system, I guess. So to parallel that positivity, I was deeply frustrated with a lot of the white people that were in my offerings because like, they understood the concept of microaggressions, but they couldn't understand what it meant to take responsibility for that in a space. In SDE spaces, when people come in who generally don't have to take a lot of responsibility for things that don't affect them directly, they are really adverse to that. Like they're adverse to being a good ally in my eyes and standing up for people even if they don't get it. Like just trusting the the people of color in that case in the space to know what's best for them and know it would make them comfortable. They had so many problems with that. So navigating that while also having to be a facilitator, somebody who by necessity, in my opinion, is empathetic and open to dialogue was like so hard because it felt like they were just constantly saying, well, we don't really care about you, but we want to, but we're not going to do the things that show that we care about you. So yeah, that was irritating. I've seen a lot of that as well in like spaces in general of with SD of just people saying they're going to do something and show up as a certain person and just not following through at all. Yeah. And like sometimes you want to give it time to be like, oh, this is a development process. Like this is just a transition coming from a schoolish mindset, but they're just not there yet. Uh, It affects the kids in the space. Right. It affects the whole community. So like we can't wait for you to get on board. It's give it your best shot or get out. And hopefully we can figure out a better way to deal with it in the future. But as it stands right now, I think that's the best way to deal with it. So that kind of unwillingness to like walk your talk was super upsetting to see. But it was also good because I was able to teach those people what I knew or what my experiences were. And so I was able to hopefully give them a different perspective and clear steps as to how to be a better ally in the future in SDE spaces. What would each of you say is needed, either missing or just not happening enough in the SDE spaces you've been a part of? I have been very fortunate to go to an ALC where they were actually really on point about talking about a myriad of issues. We had discussions about climate change, racism, sexism, gender identity, all kinds of politics. So if anything, I think that more people need to look at Hartwood ALC and like take notes from them. The facilitators were excellent about being inclusive and not just inclusive, but thorough with the information that they gave and open to everybody discussing their opinions. Like we were talking about, I don't know what we were talking about. We may have been talking about like Martin Luther King or something. And I brought up how like it didn't change as much as people thought or like he's not the ideal person in my eyes. And 
we just had a huge conversation about that. And I thought it was really good for everybody because they were, you know, they're very good mediators. I think a lot of facilitators in an attempt to let the kids hash things out, which they normally do, they just kind of back off. But when it comes to instances of like needing to learn how to be an ally, that needs to be something that more SDE spaces are really active about because otherwise it just goes downhill so fast. I don't think there's any middle ground when it comes to any microaggressions happening in a space. You know, like if a black kid is having their hair touched by their white peers without them asking, it is not like a good facilitator wouldn't just be like, ah, uh, talk it out, which I think happens a lot. Or we're going to bring the white kids in to talk to them about it, but not talk to the black kid about how it's okay to have boundaries. Like that kind of consideration of the bigger picture is something I think a lot of SDE spaces lack. Agreed. I went to an ALC in New York and my biggest thing was just the lack of, I guess, help and what's the word just consideration for what we were trying to do in our lives or like we're interested in and because a lot of us need the help and extra support and when it's not given it's really hard to ask for it and I wish more facilitators had the awareness of we can't always ask so you need to be there looking out for us to support us when we can't maybe ask for the extra help to get this one thing done that we really want that would make us happy But others and and what you said, that happens a lot in a space that I was in. And it's just something I'd love to change and see happening more because I think it really helped with just the community building in general and making everyone feel more comfortable and like supported and being able to bring out everyone's potential in a way that's more helpful. Yeah, Yeah, because like if everybody's having their needs met, then the community functions a lot smoother. So when there's a problem, then you're able to see it and like deal with it more effectively as opposed to having like micromanage 10 different things because nothing is being addressed. Not necessarily like it's not being addressed, but it's not being addressed to a conclusion. Like we can't just be like to be continued on everything. Agreed. What are some ideas on how the SDE movement or unschooling movement could, or what things could they do to be way better at amplifying teen voices? Mm. <laughs> Listening a lot more. Yeah. And then actually saying what we think instead of like saying a version of what we think and putting their own words to it would be nice. Yeah. Like straight up just having more teens in the space or like in, um, trainings and that kind of thing like think about how good a lot of SDE spaces are about bringing in like non-binary people or other bi POC to have discussions with white folks the people that are willing so why are we not doing that with how teenagers are and I think also a lot of adults or I know rather a lot of adults in ALC spaces are um, still of the idea that unschooling or uh, self-directed education is a thing for kids like you can do it from four to 11 or 12 maybe but once you hit your teenage years it's like okay fun's over now you actually need to hunker down and do shit and it's like no I think now or then more than ever is when you're going to need to be really supporting what SDE stands for because it's such a confusing time and If you don't have the proper support, whether that be from facilitators or other people in the space or even your parents, it's just going to make things 
that many times harder. I would almost venture to say that it's more difficult being an unfulfilled teenager in SDE space than it is a teenager in public school. I'd have to agree. Like when you come to an SD school or an ALC or whatever you go to, it's such a an experience that you have to like undo everything that has been ingrained into you mm. that it takes time. And it seems that like a lot of adults don't understand that and don't listen to it and just push, push, push without giving the space needed to grow and re just evaluate yourself as a person. And with that, they don't listen as well as they don't respect us. So they never understand that we are growing and we're doing things. It just may not look like what you want. Right. And so you just have to listen a lot more than you than a lot of you do. Yeah, right. Like we were just having this conversation with somebody yesterday who was curious about ALC. They have like a little child and so they were saying oh for their child who was a toddler like oh it makes perfect sense but what about when they become 10 or 11 because they were saying oh well I'm thinking back to 15 year old me and if I were in an SDE space all I would do is play video games all day and I had to tell them quite frankly that is part of the process that is what de-schooling looks like because you're it's self-care. I told them to think about it like a trauma because it is. You need time to process what the hell you've even been going through before you can pivot to something that's different. And even for those people who do end up pivoting, it's not, like you said, it's not going to look how you want it to all the time. And part of SDE is being cool with that. Like, it's not going to look like playing Call of Duty to going to like, oh, now I'm interested in science or something like that. Like that's not, that's a natural progression, but it may not be their progression. And so parents do tend to really push with their teenagers because it's like, oh, you're growing up, you're getting older, but then you're just kind of undoing all of the social skills that they could be developing, like self-directed education. How are you supposed to be self-directed if everybody is still telling you what you're supposed to be doing all day? Or like you still have the expectation of what you're supposed to be doing because an expectation, especially for a teenager, is like so much stronger than someone actually telling you to do something, right? Because it's they're not really saying it, but you know it's there, you can read it. So it's almost worse that way if there's not open communication with the discomfort. Yes. And I think oftentimes what parents need to do is just step back and deal with their own feelings. I'm not saying don't have your feelings about, "Mm, well, my kid isn't doing so-and-so, like, fine. But think about them critically. Will it be the end of the world? Probably not. Do I even want to talk to my kid about this? Because sometimes it can make them anxious. Or write it in a diary. Like, all these things that I think media and parents buy into about how teenagers deal with their feelings as being, like, so silly and self-absorbed, I think more adults could stand to do because effectively what they're doing is self-reflection, like writing in a diary and being able to read that and say, oh, this is what I was thinking at the time. That's what SDE looks like. I agree with all of that, honestly. like (laughs) I've seen it happen. I've experienced it even myself at times. It just, everyone should just take a breather and understand that Everyone has emotions and emotions are complicated and it will never be what you want at times, but 
it will be fine. We're all going to be fine. And the more you support us and the more you talk and communicate with us, the easier it's going to be on everyone. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah. I'm always surprised how like deeply underappreciated just communicating with people is for something that's so like, oh, children are people, blah, blah, blah. You know, that touts that phrase around a lot. When it comes to actually discussing your feelings, suddenly they get real quiet. Yeah. And I'm like, no that's not how that works you know I need to know what's going on so that I can actually deal with the real world and not like what you think you should be projecting and that's more like de-schooling of the parent too so I think what I want to see more is like teens helping with de-schooling parents if they're willing to it is a grueling process but for the few of us that are willing to do it I think it's very different hearing the effects of being so overbearing or uncertain, it's different hearing that from a teenager than it is hearing it from an adult. Agreed. Yeah. Sending so much love and light and gratitude to Timo, to Nala, and to Marley for offering their insights and their voices for this episode. If you love what you heard in this episode or any other one, Consider becoming a part of our Make It Happen family over at patreon.com forward slash Akila, where you can donate a one-time amount or a monthly amount to help this show happen each week. We are listener supported. And this week, let's give an extra special shout out to Shannon and Cree. Those are our newest Make It Happen community members. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Cree. So for everyone else, head over to patreon.com forward slash Akila to support this show at any level that makes sense for you. I'm so excited about next week. I'm not even going to tell y'all all the details. I might do a show in between, just like a short Brata five-minute episode to tell you what's coming up for the rest of the year. So until then, thanks for listening. Enough love and chat to you next week. <laughs>